there's just not enough capital available to adopt the newest, brightest, shining technology to where every time a new one comes around. That's just not feasible in this industry. When technology changes happen, it's extremely well thought out and well planned. It doesn't happen at the pace that we might like as a technology company, but it does happen. You're listening to Restaurants Reinvented, a podcast for restaurant brands who want to put growth back on the menu. In each episode, Jen Kern, the CMO of Q, highlights innovators and change agents in the restaurant industry and uncovers how leading brands are modernizing their operations to drive efficiency and meet the evolving demands of guests. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Restaurants Reinvented. This is Jen Kern, and today I'm so excited to have the CEO of Q with us on the show. It's Amir Huda, and this is the first time that Amir has appeared on our show. And now that we're past the 50-episode mark, I thought it would be perfect to invite Amir on. So, Amir, welcome to Restaurants Reinvented. Thank you, Jen. I'm so delighted to be here. I mean, I remember chatting with you about it two years ago when, when this was just an idea. And uh, look how far we've come. Look at the amazing quality of guests we've had and all of the wonderful wisdom they've shared with all of our listeners. So I'm so excited to to come here two years later when we've had this fantastic group of people come through the, the entire series. Yeah, the, it, it's just been such a thrill just putting the whole show together, the reception from the industry and just how open people have been to coming on and sharing, like you said, their their insights, their experience in the industry, how they're changing and how we're really all coming together to help pave the future of this industry. And there's a lot of change going on. I mean, change has been the one constant for sure in the past two and a half years and through this pandemic. So I'd love to hear from you what you've seen, like some of those big changes as being the most monumental of in the past two and a half years. What do you see the biggest trends that have really stuck? Well, it's uh, it's interesting. We talk about changes, but when you sort of reflect back on the early days of the pandemic, there was so much fear and uncertainty in terms of what was going to be the impact of this on the restaurant industry. And I remember when we looked at our data six months into the pandemic, I still remember seeing the trends of how the shift happened from all of the lost revenue for table service restaurants, casual dining, fine dining, and how that quickly benefited fast casual and quick service restaurants and how digital ordering just went through the roof. Yeah. Ordering through the drive-thrus went through the roof. And yeah. fortunately for us, it is the segment of the industry that we were focused 100% on. So it was just lucky that we ended up being in the right segment. Otherwise, who knows uh, what our future would have been. So when thinking back from how it all started to fast forward now two years, and the changes, as you said, have been monumental, um, not just from a technology perspective, just think about all the changes that have happened in all of the operations. The labor challenges, unprecedented, right? Who would have thought that you might have to not run some shifts because you didn't have enough staff? Or you might have to yeah. close some days of the weekend because you don't have enough staff. Look yeah. at the food costs. The challenges yeah. of running a restaurant were already pretty high. The margins of running a successful restaurant were already pretty low. 
Now you yeah. add on the labor challenges, the cost increases, and even if you're willing to pay more, even if you can afford to pay more, you still can't find enough labor. And then you add on all the inflation-driven, supply chain-driven, food cost-related uh, price increases. It's really, really hard. And and like you said, I mean, we've we've seen so much. We've seen these restaurants go through so much. And the ones that are creative and really buckled down and focused on what matters. And for us, of course, we're a tech company. Tech does matter, but the guest matters. Yeah. The people matter. And we've we've shifted and, you know, we've been doing a labor series here and talking about culture and employee care and, and all that good stuff on the podcast. And I'd love to know from you, what do you see as the the biggest issue right now facing restaurants that we can help solve? Well, I think before we go into the impact we can make from a technology side, we should also look at what has happened in technology in the last couple of years, yeah. uh, or at least adoption of technology. I think, you know, we know that in the large enterprise restaurant chains, the pace of technology change or adoption of new technology has historically been slower than under other industries. And oftentimes I hear people saying, well, you know, the restaurant industry is just not forward enough or not fast enough in adopting new technology. And uh, sometimes, you know, you hear about, well, it's, is it the people in the industry or, or what is it? Why is it that the restaurant industry is always a laggard when it comes to adopting technology? And to be honest, I'm relatively new to this industry and right? I spent the last 15 years of my career in retail tech before coming to restaurant tech. And what I've learned is it's not a shortage of talent. It's not a shortage of ideas. All of that exists. But the restaurant industry is challenged by margins. There's just not enough capital available to adopt the newest, brightest, shining technology toy every time a new one comes around. That's just not feasible in this industry. And so what you see is when technology changes happen, it's extremely well thought out and well planned. It doesn't happen at the pace that we might like as a technology company, but it does happen. And when it happens, it can be very meaningful for players that have planned for it and have the wherewithal to be around for when that change happens. But as consumers, we have now changed our behavior of how we expect restaurants to serve us dramatically. And the pandemic accelerated that very quickly. I mean, yeah. chains that were doing 5, 10, 15% of their business through digital orders are now doing 40, 50%. The right. technology change that happened was primarily to allow restaurant chains to very quickly move into the digital realm. And now that people are getting some time to take a step back and say, okay, what have I learned? What do I need to do to plan better for the next time around? They're recognizing that they have too many things bolted on to legacy old architectures and old foundational pieces of technology. And that's where it's really benefiting Q today because we can help change that and change that in a meaningful way. What is your hope? vision and goal, if you will, for the industry? I think there are two aspects of it. One is the innovation aspect, not just us. 
collectively we have to get together and work with the restaurants in the industry as well as the other technology providers. It has to be a collective effort. We on our own cannot just keep innovating and expect that we're going to have a meaningful impact. We can take a lead like we've been doing, but we need to make sure that this is a collaborative effort, particularly with our brands. And, and we, I think we do that pretty well, I would say. But making sure that it's a collective effort is and, and getting more of our partners into that is, is something that I'm hoping we can continue to focus on. Yeah. I think the other area is we have to constantly think about, which is how do we make technology invisible in restaurant operations, right? It cannot get in the way. And the part of the reason why it gets in the way is you have to think about this whole evolution of restaurant tech, right? Like I said, in the early days, it was very simple because Ordering was very simple. It was in one location. But as digital ordering came about, first it was just web ordering, then it was mobile, then it was catering orders being done digitally. Then it was kiosk. Once uh, McDonald's and Panera and others started putting kiosks in the restaurant, all of a sudden there was an expectation that you'd have a desk-facing technology in the store. And as these different technologies came about, one thing that happened, unfortunately, was that Newer companies came about very quickly and built those applications and were successful selling it. And I say unfortunate, not because, you know, of, I'm happy that the companies were able to, to understand that need and move quickly as, as an entrepreneur. I love that. But the unfortunate part was that it created too many tech stacks in the restaurant. Every technology company, whether it was loyalty, whether it was labor management, inventory management, accounting, all the different types of ordering, it just, I think the pendulum swung too far. You had the old days where you had one company that gave you all your technology that you needed. And there were challenges with that model, which is why the new model evolved. But I think the new model went too far. And I'm hoping that there'll be some semblance of, you know, fewer moving parts, if you, if you will, in the restaurant tech stack, which is why it's very important for us to define What's our swim lane? Because it's very easy to get deep focused on, you know, what are we going to build next? So our definition of following the order journey helps us stay focused, right? Everything to do with taking, making, and serving orders. That's how we define our reason for existence. So my hope is that we can continue to make that process more seamless, more effective, cost-effective, and from a, a usage efficiency perspective, but that we work with fewer partners to reduce some of the friction that, that exists because you have so many different technologies sitting in the restaurant today. Yeah. Oh, you had to say that friction word, Amir. Oh, gosh, you know, that's like nails on a chalkboard for me because ever since I came into this industry three and a half years ago, is the word I heard the most, frictionless, frictionless, frictionless. And it's like, as a guest, it's just not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I, and that's honest, what, yeah. I don't think you, you have to get to frictionless. It's, it's yeah. maybe what people talk about. It's, yeah. you have to reduce friction. Absolutely. You're never going to get Absolutely. to frictionless. But if you can reduce yeah. friction, you can yeah. make a lot of operations and a lot of processes a lot better. What has been one of your favorite episodes that stood out for you that you feel like you learned a lot from? You know, 
It's it, you're right. There were so many great episodes, and yeah. and it's yeah. been two years. So uh, you know, sitting here, I'm not even sure I can remember all of the great episodes because there have been so yeah. many really interesting ones. But I think the one that stands out in my mind is one of the more recent ones. Uh, the the founder and CEO of uh, Southlock, uh, Amir Mustavi. Yeah. yeah. You know, when he said and he talked about our product is our people and mm-hmm. everything revolves around the people, it, it made so much sense because, look, you can talk about providing great guest experiences and, and great food and all of that. But at the end of the day, all of that is impacted by your people. And their passion and your culture around cultivating that and why they come to you and why they stay and why they go the extra mile to give that extra experience to your guests. It really stuck in my mind, particularly because of the challenges we're seeing today in the labor market. I think he was so spot on, right? If if you can focus on your number one asset and recognize that people are your number one asset, I think you can have a huge impact. Yeah. And that's why we're focusing on on most recently this culture. And what does that mean to take really good care of your people? There's a lot of ways to unpack that in the restaurant industry and a lot of new ideas actually out there that are that are really interesting. So I also love that episode. What are some of the similarities you see with the people aspect in our company, in a tech company and the people aspects in restaurants? I think there are a lot of similarities, right? Look, restaurants are feeling this challenge, this lack of labor or not enough qualified labor for the first time. Tech industry has been grappling with that for a long time. The ability to find and retain great tech people has been a challenge for decades now, right? (laughs) And so as a technology entrepreneur for the last 25 years, it's something that I've had to grapple with for a very long time. And that hasn't changed. I can't remember any time where, you know, there wasn't a dearth of technology people. One of the, the examples that I talk about when, when people ask me, why did you, you know, not go after the, the casual dining, fine dining market? Or why do you not build, you know, other applications outside of your order journey? And my response always is, Q does not have, and I don't know if you know any company that has more tech people than they, they know what to do with. There's always a shortage of, of really good technology talent. So you have to really make sure that you pick the battles you want to fight because you're not going to have more soldiers than you need. You're always going to be short staff, right? So that's one lesson learned over the years is focus, you know, maniacal focus on what do you want to go at. Because if you want to be the best at something, you can't try to be all things to all people. Having said that, you still have to focus on culture and how do you take care of people. And, and as you know, we've tried to, to do our bit in creating a, a family type atmosphere. Right? We talk about family as one of our pillars and, and not just our employees, but our customers, our technology partners, all of us coming together because, you know, one thing about families is it's the underlying pillar for a family is trust, right? Yeah, you'll always have your quarrels and ups and downs. But if you can build that trust, you know you're going to be a close family all the time. But, but the funny thing about trust is you can't build it overnight. 
It takes time. You have to work on it every day. And so for us, when we talk about family as one of our business pillars and family as in our extended family, we also recognize that this is something that we work on all the time to make sure that we can create and maintain that trust. So a couple of things we've done just, you know, in the spring of, uh, of this year, we went through two, two and a half months of intense work. We were launching multiple brands simultaneously, large brands, medium-sized brands, all together, something we had not done before. And our teams were working round the clock for several weeks, seven days a week. And so as we successfully completed those projects, we took a step back and said, we have to do something to sort of, you know, ease the pressure a little bit. So we came up with taking a Friday off, you know, working with your teams and coordinating and getting an extra Friday off just to be able to, to relax a little bit. We, we did something called, you know, our Friday afternoons. We decided that we were going to try and stop working by 2 p.m., recognizing that that's not always going to be possible. There's always work. And if you take a half a Friday off, that work is still going to be there and have to do it on a weekend. But at least we tried to make a conscious effort to maybe not schedule meetings on a Friday afternoon after 2 p.m. These are small things and they're not always successful, but you have to try things. Right? You have to keep in mind that people are here for two reasons. There's not any amount of money in this industry, in technology, that you can throw at people to get them to stay. They stay because they like the work. They stay because they like the culture. And so that's something that you always have to keep working on. And, and hopefully we're making progress in both those areas every day, every week, every quarter. Yeah, well, I think the summer hours have been fabulous. So getting off, you know, a little early on Friday and off being like, let's get try to get offline by two o'clock. And I've noticed in the company, a lot of people are doing that and it's been fabulous. So I think that's one thing given, you know, how much work we do have and the work ethic yeah. here, which is very high. Thank you for checking out this episode of Restaurants Reinvented. This show is brought to you by Q, a restaurant tech company paving a brighter future for operators with the industry's first unified commerce platform. If you enjoyed what you learned in this episode, make sure to follow Restaurants Reinvented in your favorite podcast app. Or visit qbeyond.com slash podcast to get immediate access to all of the latest episodes.